welcome to Tiny Voice Talks with me, Tori Bono. And today, Tiny Voice is talking about, do you know what? It's a phenomenal, phenomenal literacy website that I have discovered that I'm sharing with you because it is, from a teacher's point of view, it's genius, actually. It brings everything together. And I am joined by Sean Hardy, who's going to tell us all about it. So welcome, Sean. Well, oh, thank you very much for having me. I'm delighted to be here, Toria. Oh, I'm so pleased. I mean, I'm so pleased I've discovered it and I'm so pleased that we can share this with all the listeners so that they can go and see it too. But before we get into that, Sean, for anyone that doesn't know who you are, who is Sean Hardy? Okay, well, Sean Hardy is someone for whom reading has always been very important. I was a voracious reader as a child and books have always been an important source of comfort as well as inspiration. Even today, if I'm upset, angry, um, irritated, I'm quite likely to go away and pick up a book and read to calm myself. So perhaps not surprising that after I finished university, I went into publishing. Um, I started as an editorial assistant and have been working in the world of children's books ever since, but not always in publishing. So in the hmm, now 30 plus years that I've been working. <laughs> That's a lot more years than I can think about. Um, I've done an MA in children's literature. I was the buyer for a national children's book club. And I've also um, worked on delivering the school programs for several children's literature festivals and supported an ebook platform that was dedicated to the school market. There have definitely been times when I've perhaps felt that I was potentially a jack of all trades and perhaps mm. master of none. But looking back, I realised that actually I always wanted that overview of the children's book world. And certainly without it, I don't think I would have been able to conceive of and create Literacy Hive, which is a literacy resource signposting website designed specifically for teachers. And of course, the reason I'm here talking to you today. I mean, Literacy Hive itself is its just phenomenal. As you say, it's a signposting website, which I find, find so useful because actually as a teacher, I've got minimal time, but I'm able to go quickly to it. So how did you conceive of Literacy Hive? Well, working across so many different um, areas of the children's book world allowed me to, to work with or to get to know about all kinds of different resources created by a wide range of agencies, whether it's literacy mm. charities, arts organisations, publishers, literature festivals. Um, arguably, the wider world of literacy has never offered as much in the way of support for classroom teaching as it does today. The trouble is, these resources are often scattered across hundreds of websites and, oh, yes, yes, they are. and they take time to find, time that most teachers just simply don't have. As a result, often teachers are not aware of what's out there available to support them. So I felt there was a need to provide a way to bring all those resources together into one place to help teachers discover and access them quickly and easily. So, And that was the idea behind Literacy Hive. And it's a great idea, actually, because as you say, you know, I don't have loads of time in my day to go, oh, yes, let, I need to go and scour the various different websites for XYZ. But what you've created is actually quite easy to navigate around. So I discovered. So do you want to talk about the navigation of it and how, and how you sort of came up with the way it was set out and, and what to do if you're a teacher coming to it for the very first time? Okay, well, the first thing to say is that it is open access, so you don't have to sign up. It's completely free to, to, to use. Um, 
And what I realized is when teachers are looking for resources, they're not looking for generic literacy resources. They're looking for resources to support a particular area of the curriculum. Mm. So all the resources on Literacy Hive are categorized under different headings. There There are four main categories, supporting individual students, creating readers, inspiring writers, and then books and authors. And within each of those categories, there's a series of headings to enable you to kind of fine tune your search or to pinpoint the area that you're actually looking for. So let's say you're interested in resources to support poetry, for example. If you click Mm -hmm. on the poetry heading, that will then take you through to a whole selection of different resources, all different kinds of resources. There might be lesson plans, there might be a poetry award, there might be um, where to go to get um, author visits from poets or how to get poets coming into your school. So you can see a, a big selection of different kinds of resources that allow you to discover perhaps resources that you hadn't heard of. If you then use the filters at the top of the page, you can start to narrow down your search. So perhaps you're interested in the lesson plans, so you can choose the lesson plan option, and that will refine the search and bring up a range of providers who who do that for you. And then once you've narrowed down your search, you can then click on one of the summary tiles, and that will take you through to a more detailed description of what that resource provides and the link back to their website so that you can then follow up with them, sign up, get a taster session, whatever it is, contact them. So the idea is is that we are then sending you to the actual resource provider. Literacy Hive doesn't actually create any resources of its own. We're all about helping teachers navigate the literacy resource landscape and access the, the amazing resources that are already out there. Yeah, it's rather like, it's like a sat-nav in a sense. You're just guiding me the right direction to what I want. Because as you say, it's difficult to know where to go with all of the various things. But actually what I found was when I was sort of going through it, I was able to navigate quite easily um, with the various drop-down menus and everything else. Well, that's great to hear. What I found interesting is, as you say, there are, you don't create the resources. All you're doing is you're pointing people in the direction of the resources. And also, as you say, it's free. And we've we've got to love a free, really. You know, and as teachers, we we do. You know, as soon as we hear the word free, we're there. Well, that's right. And I think... um there are a surprising number of free resources out there as well. So, I mean, one of the aims of Literacy Hive was to potentially help schools make their meagre budgets go a bit further. As a former buyer, I sort of feel that when money's tight, that's almost when Mm. you need to have a really good overview of what's available so that you can be sure that the money that you're spending, you're spending on the right thing. And also so that you can take advantage of any free resources. Um, And as I say, there are, there are more out there than you might think. Now, another part of the, you know, the website that I found fascinating was the calendar, because I literally had no clue there were so many events on. There are loads of events all the time, aren't there? Yes, there are. There's lots going on. I mean, it's, <laughs> which is fantastic, but sometimes can potentially be a bit overwhelming. But the great thing about the literacy calendar is that it's designed to help teachers see what's coming and to plan. Um, but I think one of the great advantages of having it online is that um, I can use the, the calendar as a way of pulling together resources around a particular event. So, for example, um, 
there I always list further resources as well as signposting you to the the website of the main event provider there are also further resources so that if Mm -hmm. people are producing book lists um, specific book lists or perhaps they have an author event that they're scheduling to tie in with that particular day you'll be able to find those in the relevant entry in the calendar and because it's online I can add to it so as soon as I see something I can pop it onto the calendar and make sure that teachers are able to access everything that's coming through that's the idea anyway that's a great idea so if someone has got something coming up that they know of how do they let you know to add it on the calendar well just drop me a a line via the the inquiries and um and I'm always delighted if people start to tell me about stuff that would be great Perfect. I love that. Now, looking at the website, you've got your access to authors. And that's a really important thing. As you know, that I've interviewed many authors for the podcast, because I believe that authors and educators coming together is so empowering for our children. I completely agree with you. And I think having an author event is or or giving children access to authors can be Mm. incredibly empowering and inspiring. Um, So yeah, so I think then there are lots of different ways of doing it um so i think um and even if you can't afford at the moment to have a real life author come into school um there are other ways of 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 getting that access to authors so i think that's what i'm trying to highlight that there are lots of different ways but also helping teachers to tap into expertise that exists you know for example where yeah. to get books all the many dedicated school book suppliers and specialist children book suppliers who have so much knowledge about children's books out there that they can share with teachers. Um, so just trying to make people aware of the expertise that is that exists that they can tap into. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about the supporting individual pupils aspect, because I think I thought that was really interesting, because often when we're talking about literacy, etc, we can just focus on the whole child. But actually, what you've made sure is that, you know, and what I love, it, and I, I don't know whether you did this consciously, is on your menu page, you've got your four columns, which listeners, you will see if you go on it, you've got four columns, and your left hand column, which is the first one that we read, is supporting individual pupils. And I think that really highlights the importance that we need to place on that. Yes. I mean, I I sort of thought that, you know, that reading covers so many aspects and I I really wanted the website Mm. to support all areas of the literacy curriculum. Um, So it, I mean, reading for pleasure is obviously a huge part of that. And coming from a book background, that's probably where I started. But actually, we literacy needs to work for for everyone so finding the resources and and very often I think that's where teachers might start there might be a child who's just not engaged in the way that they would like them to be or they need to be and they're just looking for something that will light that spark or give them a boost or and so I thought it was a, a an important part of the website actually yeah, and it was, I just found it really interesting the way it was on the left-hand side. And really, it for me, it struck a chord because I thought that it's so utterly, utterly important. It really is. Now, you've also got a blog on there. Yes, I have. So that's um, a way of sharing information such as, you know, the latest book award winners. But it's also a way to sort of pull together resources and perhaps highlight a particular area. And also um, a way of perhaps sort of having some guest bloggers who can write about their experiences. I 
recently had a blog about um, a school that had done some amazing fundraising. And then we can mm. talk about the, what their experience and they can share their expertise. And then we can perhaps also highlight some of the resources that exist out there that other schools could use if they wanted to do something similar. Brilliant. So that's what the blog is designed to do. So if any listeners out there want to actually, you know, they think, oh my God, we're doing something amazing here and they want to write a blog for you, how can they get in touch? Again, just drop me an email through the inquiries and um, we'd be delighted to hear from them. And uh, the nice thing about being relatively small is that everything comes through me. So I do see everything. I think it's just genius that you have created this. It, it is just such a fabulous website. So where to next? What What are your hopes for the future of Literacy Hive? Well, there, although I already have a, a good number of resources on there, there are still plenty more bookmarked waiting to be added. So ensuring that there's a few more resources on there is, is obviously a key priority. But actually, I suppose my main priority at the moment is to ensure that teachers know that it's out there. I It's important to me that that it that it works for teachers. It is designed specifically for teachers, um, and I need I I really want it to work. So feedback is always welcome. Um, anything we can do to make it better is is good to know about. Um, I suppose at the moment my focus is really about ensuring that that teachers know it's there, that they're using it. They tell me what they like, what they perhaps don't like so much about it, so that we can make sure that it does what it's supposed to do. Um, after that, well, we'll. We'll have to see what happens down the line. A few ideas, but they're still kind of cogitating at the back of my mind, really. (laughs) Well, if it's anything like the original idea you've had, they'll be brilliant because it really is, from a teaching perspective, it's a great website. So I know you've got a newsletter. How often do those come out? Every week. Ooh, a weekly newsletter. Loving that. I haven't signed, I've got to say, listeners, I haven't signed up yet. I will be signing up for the newsletter because I've only just discovered the newsletter. So weekly, wow. Well, I was talking to some teachers and um, and what they said is that they would much rather have little and often than one, yes. one big, massive list of things. So that's what I, I try and do is, is to do four or five items every week. I mean, I'm not... There might be the odd week when I don't, but the aim is to try and get something out every week that just highlights a few of the things that are coming up. Brilliant. That's fantastic. So listeners, you've got to sign up for your newsletter and go on the website, but everything will be in the show notes, all the links, everything. So you'll be able to very quickly see it all. Sean, is there anything else you want people to know about Literacy Hive? No, I think, I mean, it's, it's actually in some ways quite a simple idea. It's there to support teachers and and I hope that it it helps. Uh, I want to make a difference and I've been working in the children's book world for 30 years and, you know, in that time there have been lots of initiatives. I was there for the first National Year of Reading and the second National Year of Reading. You know, we all know that that sometimes the literacy results aren't quite as where they would we would like them to be and mm. thinking about that, I was thinking, well, what what do we need to do to try and change it? And, and I I do sort of feel that the first step is to ensure that teachers can access and know about all the support that's out there. And so this is just a little first step um, and doing what I can, because obviously I'm not a teacher, doing what I can to support teachers and help us get to where we want to be, which is to ensure that all our children come, become lifelong readers and, and can access everything that literacy provides absolutely 
Well, as I say, I think it's it's great. And from a teaching perspective, it is such a useful resource. It really is. Well, that's very nice to hear. Thank you. Now, before I let you go, you know, I always have my last question, which is this. If you could have been taught by anyone, living or dead, who would have been your perfect teacher? Well, I had a good think about this and I started talking but I started by talking about the important role that books played in my childhood. So I'm actually going back to my childhood reading for my chosen teacher. And I am going to choose Anne Shirley. That's Anne. Oh, yes. <laughs> Love Anne Shirley so much that she's the, one of the reasons I, I wanted to be a teacher. Okay. Better known, obviously, as Anne of Green Gables. And there are yes. three, three reasons why I've chosen her. First of all, she was a teacher. Yes. Secondly, she she was, and I think probably still is, my favourite children's book character. And thirdly, because like me, she struggled with geometry. So I didn't mind algebra, <laughs> quite like trigonometry at school. But like Anne, I met my Waterloo with geometry, particularly 3D vectors and anything to do with 3D. So that's why I've chosen Anne of Green Gables as my teacher. Do you know what? I had completely, I don't know how I'd forgotten about Anna Green Gables, but somehow I had. And actually, I remember when I was very young, I read Anna Green Gables and I just loved her passion. I loved her desire to change things. I loved her enthusiasm for life. And I remember when she became a teacher and I thought, yes, I want to be a teacher. So thank you for that, Sean. You're welcome. She's one of my heroines too. So everything will be in the show notes and it just leaves me to say thank you so much, Sean, for coming on Tiny Voice Talks and chatting to me all about Literacy Hive. Well, thank you. It's been my pleasure and I'm delighted to, to be here. <laughs> 